This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. How can you Bienvenidos a todos, mi nombre es Tan Rodríguez, yo soy Ipaicumia de Reserva Santa Isabel, en las montañas cerca de Julian. ¿Ustedes saben dónde está? Más o menos. ¿Cuántas personas pueden hablar español? Okay. Well, for the other people, my name is Stan Rodriguez. I'm an Ipai Kumia from the San Isabel Reservation, and it's an honor for me to be here. And I just wanted to share that. And I also want to share that um, I'm a fellow Triton. I got my doctorate at UCSD in 2019. Go Tritons. So, so now I wanted to talk about Kumiai people and place names. Well, a little bit about the Kumiai culture. So, now, ladies and gentlemen, when I was talking to all of you first, I was talking to all of you in American. How many of you understood American? Where are you guys from? Okay. Well, you're from San Diego, right? So we're going to be talking a little bit about the history of San Diego y Baja California, México, también. Es porque es terreno de los cumiai. ¿Está bien? Andale, pues. Okay. So, as we take a look at it, many times people look at... San Diego is when European contact happened. But our people have been here since time immemorial. Not just here, on the other side, well, now we call it the other side of the border. It was all part of Kumiai territory. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is Kumiai territory. So it reaches up past San Pasquale to Camp Pendleton, all the way down uh, past Ensenada, from the islands, the Coronado Islands, the Channel Islands, to the beaches, to the valleys, the mountains, the desert, even parts of the Colorado River. And these other parts with Quetzal and Cocopa territory, Kumiais were also residing there, were allies. So how many of you ever been to Mexico? Okay. How many of you speak Spanish, a number of you? Okay, we're going to be talking about, how many of you ever heard any Kumiai words before I opened my snoot? Few of you, okay. How many of you know some Kumiai words? Well, we're going to find out. All right. So, before contact, the Shamuks or the clans, uh, tribes, dennis, we were led by Kwepai. And a clan or a Shamuk is an extended family. Each, and any of you Scottish? You know, you have your clans and you have, you know, different kilts that mark that. So we have our clans too. And one of the things that people do not realize is we practice our own form of agriculture, horticulture. And we did that through uh, transplanting uh, acorns, oak trees. That was a major food source, among other things. So clans would come together uh, under a couchette for warfare, environmental management. Our people had, and we still do have, a fire science in epistemology or in organic science that is based upon thousands and thousands and thousands of years of experience. 
Some people would say, well, you know, I mean, it's, you're primitive. How many of you were out here in 2003? Any of you? How many of you remember the Cedar Fire? Remember the damage that was done during the Cedar Fire? What happened? It burned over 1,000 homes, right? It was pushing people almost to the ocean. There was a reason for that. Some person got lost up in the Laguna Mountains. He tried to light a fire, and he didn't turn it off. This was during the Santa Ana winds. And all that fuel that had been there for over 100 years, it piled up. It was a tinderbox. Our people practice the fire science to eliminate that and keep the environment healthy. So fire harvesting techniques, this was uh, seasonably, seasonally guided uh, plantings, engineering, such as putting uh, rocks in the arroyos, in the rivers. And what that does is it slows the water down. Why do you think we want to slow the water down? So that we can recharge the water supply. What, what is happening in California right now? We're having a drought. And... These types of agriculture techniques that are being used are ineffective. As a matter of fact, you're taking, taking away from the environment. You need to put back in. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say some people are playing checkers when they should be playing chess. They should be taking a look farther. What will my actions you know, cause later on? Maybe not this generation, but the next. So trade and commerce. Our people have extended trade commerce to Baja, all the way down to uh, La Paz, all the way up north past Santa Barbara, into, you know, past Phoenix, into the Great Plains. Quarries, manufacturing, out in Obsidian Butte. How many of you ever been to the Salton Sea? Okay. Any of you ever been to Obsidian Butte on the eastern side of the Salton Sea? That's where we have our obsidian deposits. So we would quarry for that. How about up in the Cuyamaca Mountains? Cuyamacas. Uh, there's a lot of uh, soapstone that we would use for ceremonies, we would use for cooking, other different things, jasper, all these different things that we would, uh, we would take. How about tar? What do you all think about tar on the beach? I'm, I'm listening to you. Okay. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, traditionally, tar was a very important trade commodity. We call it or black sticky substance, glue. We would trade it for other groups. So it was, and it would just wash up naturally because there's a lot of oil off the coast. So anyway, all these things, basketry, pottery, astronomy. How many of you are into astronomy? How can you tell the time at night? You astronomers. Okay, good answer. All right. You stare at the northern star. Is it constant? Yes, good answer. And all the other stars go around it. So by where they're positioned at, you can tell what time it is. You guys got to come and take some classes at Kumia Community College. Come on over. Okay. So San Diego experience. Now let's talk about when, when did Europeans encroach. I'm not going to say conquer because I'm not conquered. I speak my language. I, I carry on my culture. I am not a conquered person. But when did encroachment take place? You educators. Okay, good answer. September 27th, 1542. Remember, Juan Cabrillo landed over here. They had a big pageant. They, uh, I've seen it where they have these people dressed up like Juan Cabrillo come on the beach. They have people dressed up like Cumias, genuflect in front of them. That did not happen. What actually happened was Cumias attacked their group, shot a few of them with arrows. They made peace and they left. But they came back again on 1769. 
This is when um, Father Seller came. They put the mission at. Where was the mission put? Right by Old Town, Kosai. Three months later, it was attacked by the Kumyai. Not successful in completely destroying it, but then later on, on November 5th, 1775, hundreds of Kumyai warriors descended upon the mission that it's located at today, killed Father Jaime, two other people, burned the mission to the ground. The reason for that, they were encroaching on Kumyai territory. What they wanted to do was they wanted to uh, take Kumyai people, uh, indoctrinate them into Christianity, use them as slave labor, um, teach them rudimentary skills, have a servant caste in preparation of uh, European colonists coming in. Well, our people fought back. Fought back. Every mission was burned down in, in Kumyai territory. So... You know, you see there's different leadership structures, attack on the mission, destruction of the mission. Kumya adaptations. Now, converted politically under the Spanish and living under this reducciones system. And that was basically slavery. That happened at the San Diego mission. But they were not able to um, move inland. Our people were, were a very large group. We valued our, our independence. Then there were some who were... Uh, converted politically under the Spanish, but living in traditional settings. So a lot in San Diego area because they could not keep the people at the mission. So they said, okay, baptize and then we'll, we'll let you go. Sure, put some water on us. Boom, we're out of here. So that was a, a big thing. And then uh, unconverted, politically independent in the mountains and desert. San Isabel, where I'm from, San Felipe side, we were, we were the some of the most uh, independent people here. And then converted politically and independent. Now, remember I told you about Baja, Baja California, Mexico, and Santa Catarina's Pai Pai and Coahuas Cumiai. So they converted, but they said, uh, we're going to continue with our own way of doing things. So they were able to do that. Unconverted, politically allied. This is a hot news nation. How many of you ever gone to Tijuana? How many of you ever gone to Tijuana to go to Ensenada? What is in between Tijuana and Ensenada? Oh, that's closer to Tijuana, but you're, you're getting a go farther. Keep going. How many of you ever heard of La Misión? Why do you think they call it La Misión? Because there was a mission there. Good answer. So, there was a mission there, and there was a priest that was exceptionally cruel. So warriors under hot knees... That was the name of the chief. And Hatnis in Kumya means black dog. They attacked the mission, burned it to the ground. They were looking for the priest. He was hiding under a woman's dress. So they couldn't find him. And as soon as they left, the priest escaped. But they caught him a month later. Done. Merchant missions. Uh, ineffectiveness of Spanish agriculture. They tried to do agriculture here in San Diego and in Baja California, Mexico. What's going on with the mountains and everything? We, this is a semi-arid region. Uh, it's not a very secure water source. Oak grows much better, but they did not see that as a, as a cash crop. They did not see that as a food source. They seen it as a trash tree. But anyway, Indica, Indians became the primary hunters, thousands of otter and uh, seal skins. So what was happening once the missions then turned into trading posts, rather than convert the people, they were like, okay, go out there, bring things in. And because 
agriculture did not work in San Diego. They put cattle out. And what they were doing was, with the cattle, they would kill the cattle and they would sell the hides. But all this meat was going to waste. As a matter of fact, it went rancid. Mariners off the coast could smell the rotting carcasses of the meat. And this was part of uh, you know, what was happening. So anyway, and, and what they would do is they would uh, boil down the tallow, get that, and, and you know, these were things that they wanted to use. Now, one of the things that uh, the Spaniards made illegal was for Indians to ride horses. And it was also illegal for Indians to use firearms. Well, in the trading post, the mission priests said, well, we need people. So they taught the Kumeyaay people how to ride horses, how to use firearms. This is going to play a part later on. So transformation of the coastal ecosystem became widespread and traditional resources become more and more unattainable. When we go into the, to the coast, it is part of who we are. It's part of our ways of, of life. We gather our salt. We harvest whales. You know what we would use to go hunting for whales? Thule boats. We call hakwayo. Do you know what a thule boat is? Some of you do, some of you don't. For you that don't, what are you doing tomorrow? Okay. Kumeyaay Community College, we're, gonna, we're having Kumeyaay Day by the Bay in May. Over by uh, Kindle Frost. Now you at UCSD should know Kindle Frost, right? Okay. Well, there's a, a boat club over there. So we're going to be making Thule boats. We're going to be repairing boats. And we're going to put some people out. How many of you know how to swim? <laughs> Bring your tankinis. Okay. So, you know, so now... What's happening is Kumeyaay were being pushed farther and farther into the mountains. Remember I told you we are people of the islands, you know, the, the ocean. Mexico and the independent Kumeyaay. Independent Kumeyaay of the interior were impacted from the loss of resources. So basically what happened was this. When Mexico gained independence, one of the things that Mexico talked about doing was they were going to uh, secularized emissions. They were going to give the land back to the native people. That didn't happen. What they created was estancias, these huge ranchos, and they were going to use the native people as, you know, servant labor. So what that started was a wave of attacks. Cumias overran Tecate, overran Tijuana, overran all these different areas. San Diego, three times, was almost overrun by Cumias people. The last time, they were pushed all the way to Point Loma, which we call Matniz. It was a British schooner in the bay that used its cannons that helped to repel that Kumeyaay attack. So you never hear of these. So these were some of the attacks that were going on. So these were hotbeds of uh, Kumeyaay resistance. Everything considered east of El Cajon was considered a hostile territory. So... What was happening next? The Mexican-American War. Why did the Mexican-American War take place? Manifest destiny, land. What was happening in Texas? Texas became a republic. Was it a free state or a slave state? It was a slave state. So that tipped the balance in the, United, in the Union. Half used to be free, half was slave. So they needed another state to 
balance it. So they created a pretext, went to battle, went to war with Mexico. Now, what was happening over here, here in San Diego and in Tijuana and Sonata, in Cumiai territory, the Cumiais were fighting against the Mexican government. And when the Americans came, some of the Cumiais were assisting the American government. As a matter of fact, the only battle that took place in California in the Mexican-American War took place where? San Pasquale. Who won? No, the Mexicans won it. So the Cumias were there to pick up what was left. All right. So the treaties that were made, the Treaty of San Isabel, 18 treaties were made. The Treaty of San Isabel, look, they took almost all of our land. They put a border right across our territory. One of the things of these 18 treaties, none of them were ratified. So our people lost our land. Did you know San Diego has more reservations than any other county in the country? So... Now, Indian labor, when, when the United States got control of California, the Indian population was 85 to 90 percent of the population in California. When the Treaty of San Isabel took place, it was 50 percent. Towards the end of that century, the Kumeyaay population had dropped to almost 1,000. Many people had died. But look, the workers, the people, one Captain uh, Clark of the ship Ocean replaced all the white people with Indians. He said the Indians were much better workers and the white people were lazy and they were always drunk. Can you figure that out? Okay. I didn't say it. He did. So now one of the things, we were strangers in our own land because we were not American citizens. We could not own land. And uh, rebellions took place. The people were executed. For, uh, Antonio Algarra, that's an example of one of them later rebellion in the mountains. Um, then the court found on his behalf after he was executed. So, let's take a look at the villages. Now, some of the sites, Las Choyas, Mat, and that's shortened, Mat Iltaakwish, but say, Mataat, say that everybody. You sound pretty good. Okay, Rose Canyon, Wachap Mau, without a sunset, because of how it's, um, uh, how it's situated, you don't see the sun go down like that. And then South Bay, Chuwaip, the talking place, that's where meetings took place. La Playa, Mission Valley, Lake Murray, and Canyon, and 11th Street, where we are today. Mat Piyi. Mat Piyi. Now, real quick, I have two minutes left, so I want to test all of you. So, Kumiai Villages, survey. These are some of the things that were happening so that we could get uh, our reservations. Some of the things that uh, took place. The last Indian was removed in the 1930s from... Coronado, there was a village there. And here's our reservations now. So, real quick, I just want to say, what does Tijuana mean? Okay, let me help you. Tijuana is a corruption of a Kumiai word, Matijuan, which means the land by the ocean. How many of you ever heard of La Jolla? What does La Jolla mean? It's a corruption of a Kumiai word, Matkulhui, which means the place of the caves. How many of you ever heard of Palomar? What does it mean? Okay, what it actually means is Palomar, to win with arrows. How many of you ever heard of Tecate? How many of you ever had a Tecate? Okay, what Tecate means is the old man who chops wood. Last one, how many of you ever heard the term Otai? 
Otai means weed. Not this kind of weed, but weeds that grow. <laughs> and last, 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 last. How many of you have ever heard of Hamasha? It's a gourd. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we used to say at the San Isabel Casino, home of the 495 Prime Rib, <laughs> I'm done. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.